everyone and welcome to another podcast with me charlie me rick me fraser and me sirhan oh yeah oh you yeah. missed out you missed out on doing it <laughs> you've done it every time <laughs> uh we're here today talking about marvel it's about time i think we need a good old marvel chat um i mean it's a long it's a long one <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a big old chat so my first my first question for you is, first of all, I'm going to call it the rise and fall of Marvel, because I think we can all agree that since Endgame, there's been a little bit of a, a decline in quality. But I'm going to start it off by giving the big question of what is your favorite MCU movie? Oh, it's, it's, I feel like it's changed a couple of times, like it's flipped and flopped back and forwards. Um, and... <laughs> Also, if you if you have you guys like watched the whole like MCU like well, I, I guess up to Endgame, have you watched it through again since? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, that kind of makes a difference, right? Watching them through again, whether you did it chronologically mm-hmm. or not. Um, yeah. Because for a long time, it was it was the Winter Soldier, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Civil War came out, that was big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's really <laughs> tough. But even Infinity War, it's like the shock factor of Infinity War is like is something else. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's, it's really tough. I wish the audience could see your face, phrase I've never seen you struggle so much. Like it's I really saw tough. your eyes. There's so like, many films. Film? Like how <laughs> how many actual films are there? Like. From Iron oh. Man up to flipping Endgame. I think up to Endgame, it was 21, I believe. 21 I think. I, have a, I think so. I probably should have made a note of that. But yeah, I think it was around that amount. At the minute, I think they're, they're approaching the, the 30s. Apparently, at the moment, it's 32. I don't know. Up to Endgame. Oh, they've gone past the 30s. I think Endgame was either 21 or 22, if you... Yeah. About I that. think in yeah, the 20s sounds but kind of about right. It's somewhere in the yeah. 20s to Endgame from Iron Man. Yeah. Absolutely. There's been quite a few. Rick, give it a stab. I'm asking you what your favourite ones are now because I think after this chat, it's going to change. Oh, really? Because think... you're going to remember so many things that it's going to change your mind to remind you of how, some, how amazing another one was and you're going to flick between them. But go on, Rick. Give us your best. <laughs> Um, I mean, Civil War was another big one that I really, really loved. Obviously, because the whole Iron Man versus Cap, and obviously, I'm obviously an Iron Man guy, but I was not expecting that film. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't expecting Civil War to like change my view on the whole thing, and that that was just a really, really well written story and the way they've done it. But um, I also really loved Guardians 1 because that was just <laughs> completely <laughs> out of the blue. No, so dude, it was like, out of the blue. like I had nothing. No yeah. idea what Guardians was when it dropped in the cinema. Like, it's a Marvel film. Who the fuck are these people? Let me just go watch it. And that film was amazing. Even even now, you can still chuck it on and it's just always a good time. Yeah. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, there's a fair few that I can think of that are like, these are great movies, but trying to pick a favorite if i have to 
Iron Man one. It has to be. That's a good call. Perfect. That's a very good call. Fraser, yeah. what was yours gone to your head? Because you flicked between Civil War and uh No, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go for Civil War. Cause it just because it rounded off like Captain America's like trilogy, let's say. Mm. Um and yeah, the whole Iron Man versus Captain America thing was like kind of a defining moment. It really changed uh it was probably the first big change in the MCU before the 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 snap, I would say, mm. really def- like it's the first time the actual heroes really got divided. Yeah, and things yeah. really changed for them. So yeah, I would I would go with uh, Civil War. And you had Spider Man, which was a yeah. big 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 moment in that. Spider Man. Yeah. yeah. Sam. Oh damn it! Everyone took my answers. Like, yeah, that's that's a good point. <laughs> Rico said it. Then Fraser said it. Oh my god, that Civil <laughs> War was good. Guardians <laughs> was good. <laughs> I think because there's not re- every stage the favorite change. So I think just to be a bit different, but at the same time to also mean it, I will probably uh, go with it sounds obvious, but with Infinity War. Just because Infinity War was that, that sweet spot of Marvel where it was like the beginning of the end, like it was the part one of two of this massive thing that we've been working our way up to. It wasn't disappointing. And as a film, even though the others were enjoyable, some of these films are enjoyed as a fanboy, as a Marvel sort of like person that's kept up with it. But Infinity War, I went and watched it with people that watched all the films, half the films, none of the films, and everyone loved Infinity War. And it was such a change of pace. I agree with everyone else. And there's other ones. I even thought of like Spider Man, like No Way Home with all the other Spider Men and all that. But um, I think I'm going to go with Infinity War because it just. I would say like Winter Soldier hit me, Civil War hit me, and then Infinity War was the next level. It just hit me again. I walked out and I was like, "Do you, I remember a phrase? Do you remember we went we went and watched yeah. it? Yeah. I was so dazed out by what I had just witnessed that I went to the wrong car park. <laughs> I was following Charlie home instead of Fraser, and then me and Fraser got in the car. We went back to mine and we sat and we didn't talk. We we didn't speak for like maybe half an hour to an hour. We just sat there like. We don't, we don't, we don't need to talk about it. It, it really hit me, so uh, I was, I would go with Infinity War. In, Infinity yeah. War was when you three went to watch it in cinema together, right? First time. It was sold out everywhere. Charlie, one of you guys found it in somewhere else. It wasn't local. We in Watford to watch it. Was it in Watford? Yes, we did one, go to Watford to watch it. It was yeah. like one showing left, and Charlie was. You were going back with your group back to Bedford, and Fraser was going to take me home, and I just followed, and I was just like. I looked up and I was like, oh, <laughs> I was dazed. I was dazed. My Loki dying in the first act. I was like, well, this is not your, ch- this is yeah, not. I completely forgot Loki died in the first 10 minutes yeah. of the film. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever yeah. that's mentioned, I just remember the, the sound of his neck just. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. Where did they get that sound from? This? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why they actually gonna- did it. He act- Tom Middleton actually broke his neck for that part. His <laughs> neck, yeah, that is what an actor he is. So committed. I actually went to see Infinity War with um, my nieces, like about yeah. four or five days after we we saw it. And I said to my sister, like, look, Faith's a crier, right? She was when she was a bit younger. She's a bit older now, but she was a crier. She cried at everything. And I was like, look, this film is going to wreck her. I, don't, I couldn't spoil it for my sister either, so I couldn't tell her what was coming. But I was like, it's really sad. And she was like, oh, she'll be fine. First 10 minutes, 
Heimdall dies, right? Heimdall. She starts crying. I was like, take her out. I'm telling you now, take her out of the cinema. She is not going to handle. When Loki died, I could hear her. <laughs> By the time it got to Groot, this girl, man, she had must have all the all the water in her body had, has come out of her face. <laughs> it was so bad. Oh, when we left the cinema, oh, she was just a state. It was it was adorable, but <laughs> mate, even Sp- like oh, the Spider Man right. moment in Infinity War is yeah, yeah. still still pulls a tear every time. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I don't know what rating that film was, but yeah, not a good one. Not a me. very good one. No, I mean like. No. Um, Oh, sorry, like PG in that. that, Yeah, Yeah, I think it was PG-13 in America and PG-12 in, or just 12 in the UK, I believe, which is weird because there was a lot of death in it. Mm. (laughs) Half the freaking universe. (laughs) And that's fine for kids, it's fine. (laughs) My my favourite, hands down, is is Endgame. It it will always be Endgame. It was... Really? I think, look, any, uh, you're all right in, you know, Iron Man 1 all the way up to, like there is any any one of those films you put on I'll enjoy but there's something about Endgame that I just um, and a lot of people prefer Infinity War over Endgame but I think I think Endgame was just so good considering they'd done time travel and how much of a shit trope that is to do in films and they actually reinvented time travel to, to and it's fucking sick like the way they reinvented the whole you know timelines like disperse and stuff if you change something you don't just change something in the past and then it changes in your future it creates a whole other it's, it was like insanely clever and yeah the fact that they cap catching the hammer oh yeah best moment in the mcu oh, moment, yeah. fight me on it it's the best moment in the mcu i think there's the only other thing that could compete is the, is the dustin in infinity war but if you can name a moment better than cap catching the hammer i will suck a dick right <laughs> do, you know- <laughs> do you know what <laughs> That's it. It's, I, it's on YouTube. I think when, when you get to that point in the recording, I think you're just gonna have to like cut and like, you know, as, as if there was a signal error. <laughs> <laughs> no, I stand by. I stand by. That was an epic moment. Like, I don't think anyone yeah. saw that coming. Like you saw the hammer shaking, you think, all right, yeah, Thor. Straight past Cap catches it. Everyone must have fucking shit their pants. Whole cinema, whole cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the fact that if time travel wasn't in that film, because that's what everyone always says, like the whole time travel thing is—it's a writer's way out of a corner. Mm. If they didn't do time travel, you wouldn't have got that moment because Thor had to go back in time to (laughs) reclaim Mjolnir because it's already been destroyed. So literally, even the biggest of nerds wouldn't have predicted that moment. Because Milner was out the picture, so the fact they managed to bring it back and have that moment for Cap is just fucking. It's so good, so good. Anyway, let's move on to our. So I've made like a points of talk thing, and you can just stop me wherever. But let's start at Iron Man two thousand eight because that was that was something that you cannot have a Marvel MCU chat about and and just gloss over. So Rick, you did kind of say it was it was probably your favorite. It is incredible. Go on. What sold it for you? What was what was the the deal, dude? The whole fucking film, start <laughs> to finish, it was just it was just swag. Robert Downey Jr. as as Tony Stark was just it was like perfect. It, he nailed the character development, the story, the the whole you know the whole 
fucked up guy, the rich, spoiled kid, and then having the traumatic accident and the whole going back and everything trying to fix it. The story was just amazing. The, the development for it was insane. The action scenes were crazy. Like getting to see Iron Man on screen for me personally as well, because Iron Man's always been my favorite super superhero in Marvel. One of, if not the most favorite. And I'm seeing him on the big screen. That was just like, that's it. I'm done. It was like seeing Spider-Man for the first time. Sam, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man stuff for the first time on cinema. I was like, that's fucking Spider-Man. It's crazy seeing him do this shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I think even watching it now, it's like a big nostalgia kind of thing. It's like, this is where, you know, 11 years of Marvel MCU movies spawn from this, from this movie. And it's just, um, yeah, man, it's just a good time. It's just a very, very, very good time. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think Robert Downey Jr. definitely makes Tony Stark. Yeah, in, in, 100%. Yeah, 100%. The, I'm pretty sure the comic book version of Iron Man was not doing well at all at the time. No, no. But he's, he's Mar- Marvel started with, as they would call it at the time, their B-listers because all their A roster was sold on to other you know Sony's and Fox and Paramount. So this was their B team. And the stuff that I always listen to and watch, I'm sure we all have, like the comic book Iron Man had like very small remnants of like RDJ's take on it. And now the comic book and like probably a lot of the other characters now developed into what we see in the movies and what we associate with those characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. RDJ brought more of the less serious, lighthearted sort of the the asshole that you just kind of like that you want to root for almost. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. I know Rick. I was going to cut you up there, but no, no, you're right. Man. Like yeah. yeah, a lot of it was improvised in Iron Man. Yeah, did you know that? Yeah, I, I did hear about this. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Jeff Bridges really didn't like it. He wasn't a big fan of improvising scenes. Um, so a lot of the time he was really he just weren't in it. And so it was actually quite a, a shock that it was it did so 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 well. Like I think it was just really I think Robert Downey Jr. as Fraser said literally glued it. But I think yeah, having Favreau and that come in to to direct it, yeah, it was just was it was it, actually so lucky. I don't know if you know it was it relatively low budget or I don't have the budget written down. Um but it, it it did make it made a fair amount of money. I will tell you how much. 140 million USD was the budget for it. 140 mil. 140 wow. mil. How it gross? And it made um, 585 mil. No, it's Google's quicker. Okay. Not, no, not yeah, as crazy it, it was done well. as I thought it would be, but yeah, good few. No, but considering there was no Marvel Cinematic Universe, there was nothing to like already have to go oh i've seen i watched ant-man that was okay oh then you might like this one there was nothing like that the only thing you could watch is something like spider-man and be like ah, i'm not a, i'm not a spider-man fan so i'm not going to watch iron man but then when everyone comes out the cinema going that was something different that was so different i remember sitting in my car after iron man and fucking swiping the windscreen with my hands <laughs> pretending to talk to jarvis the whole way home yeah. and i was i was like 19 20 years old <laughs> So yeah, it, it was a freaking awesome film. But yeah, and um, I think that the the Incredible Hulk, which obviously there was no there was no Marvel yeah. universe, and it was made by Universal. Uh, that came out before in two thousand and eight. Also, 
but it came mm-hmm. out before it did. But then we also got that post credit scene, like yeah. the beginning of the the whole post credit scene. <laughs> well, kind of Hulk the, in the Incredible Hulk. It wasn't a post credit scene. It was a. It was just the last scene. Um, the first ever cut scene was in Iron Man when no one fucking knew it was coming. And oh, it's you yeah. see you actually see Nick Fury coming to recruit him from Iron Man 2. Yeah. And that was the first ever Marvel Cinematic Universe cut scene, uh end credit scene. That's the one. Because okay. I thought it was the Incredible Hulk as well, but it's just a final scene. Oh. That makes you wonder then, because obviously do you think that was just a throwaway scene? Because they didn't have um, plans to do team ups at that point, did they? Unless they did. They, they kind of did, yeah. So they they planned from the get go with um, yeah. when they made the Incredible Hulk. They kind of was just take like putting their toe in the water to kind of see if it's really successful. Maybe we can try this, you know, build in this universe. Um, and they they came up with the whole the whole uh, idea of having the Avengers mostly when they got about halfway through filming Iron Man and thinking this is going to be pretty good. That's when they were like, let's get our DJ in to the end of the, the Incredible Hulk, and then if it does well, we can be like, yeah get them together but because it didn't do so well they were like okay let's just <laughs> keep we'll pretend that didn't happen in our dj's films we'll just you know kind of uh, sidestep it but okay yeah they did want to cast mark ruffalo he was first choice for the incredible hulk in the in the original 2008 version but he weren't famous enough so they went with edward norton and he was a pain in the ass Apparently, <laughs> apparently so. I don't. I don't think he was. I, I think he said, obviously from his side, he was like, "I wanted to take it in a different direction." Mm. The sort of Jackal and Hyde sort of exploration, talking about him trying to commit suicide, like in, in the film as as um, Bruce Banner. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that vision and that style would have fit into the MCU that they have now. Mm. Yeah, not. Because like, definitely not now. No, but this is all. Pre MCU, right? Edward Norton, Ed Incredible Hulk was like, was it the same year as Iron Man One or before that? Same, same year. year, same year. Because this would have been like pre MCU before they had like the the standards for what we know MCU to be now. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it could have fit, but I thought the whole reason that Edward Norton kind of got shoved off Hulk was because he was he was getting pissy because he there wasn't enough. Edward Norton in the film as Bruce Banner. It was more CGI Hulk. I thought that's why he was getting pissed off, and they they booed him. I could be wrong. That was one. Of, that was one of the many reasons. There was quite a few. Um, oh. But the the main reason being that he wanted to help. Like he wanted to help make the film, and they were like, "No, if we've got a vision, we've got a story. You know, it's okay to improvise when we say it's okay to improvise." But he wanted to help write. He wanted to help shoot. And he just wanted to be too involved, and they were like, "Go away," you know. Um, yeah. Just to touch back on Iron Man, I know we've spoken about it as a film, and we've spoken a bit on the improvisation and how it's constructed and the writing and direction style. But I think it's also, and this may sound obvious, it set the blueprint for I would say a lot of the ingredients, the tone, and direction and style of the Marvel films, as well. Like every film kind of took that seed and developed upon it. I know other films brought in new layers or even slightly new types of genre or really kind of worked more with the comedy side or the, the drama side, but it really kind of went, okay, this formula, the Marvel formula is a bit more working now. And now we can just 
developed from this point. It wasn't like every Marvel film was so dramatically different. They had a string of characteristics that just followed through. And I would say Iron Man was just like the tone setter from day one, as much yeah, as well as the, the, first the, film. the perfection of it in a way, or like their best mm-hmm. working copy of it. Yeah, the standard. Like, it was like, straight up there. It's like what they say. I think literally it was lightning in a bowl. I don't think they knew it was going to be as big as it was. Mm. I think as the CGI started coming in, the oh. the expectations started getting higher and it was like, oh, yeah. shit, this looks really good. I think because CG was such a pain back then. You know, it, it was 2002 introduced, what, The Matrix um, Reloaded, which was like a groundbreaking, you know, kind of CG. And then so for the next couple of years, it was the uncanny valley is what they call it. Of There was like, if you had a face, it was very easy to tell that it was CG and it was getting over that little barrier. But obviously because Iron Man isn't a CG character, he's got just CG armor. Getting things that reflect light and stuff like that isn't that hard to do. So what they could do was so much more than what they could do with someone like the Hulk because the Hulk is a full CG person. So they have to animate a face, then muscles flexing and stuff like that. And it gave them both the the payoff from Iron Man to then invest more in CG so that when they did start introducing these characters, they looked absolutely incredible. Like, no pun included on the Hulk. Uh, yeah, Iron Man set that, set that status. Um, let's move on to the introduction of Thor and Cap. And at this point when these films came out, how much into the MCU were you guys? It was it was to the point of like you start getting your own little tier list, right? Um and Captain America definitely wasn't high on there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, for yeah. it it was okay. But I don't mm-hmm. think I watched it like again straight away, you know. I probably just went back to because Iron Man Two then came out around the same time as well. So that just blew them out of the water. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, definitely into it. I, I think I was I was into it since you know Sam Raimi's Spider Man and the X Men films, uh, yeah, even the old Fantastic Four films. So I was I was there for it, there for it all, man. Whatever, yeah, whatever they had to pump out, even if it was crap, even the original Hulk film. I was, yeah. I was, I was watching that. What with Eric Banner? Eric Banner. <laughs> oh gosh, the saturation yeah, on that film is that diabolical. Film is strange. <laughs> <laughs> The there is nothing that. that green has ever existed. <laughs> You're so green. You look that, like that, a WWE character that you've edited. That comic book style framing as well was like, yeah, really froze you. But they tried it. It didn't work out great yeah. again. So <laughs> I think it's for a franchise to survive in the comic book world or whatever, whatever world they're going to try and go in. You need the failures to tell to inform the next person of what didn't work. Because if they had none of that, they might have said, Iron Man, let's do a comic book style or a page flipping, or let's do transitions like that. Like the failures still inform the success, mm. sort of thing. So I kind of see what you guys are saying. But to touch on Charlie's original question, I think I was like exactly as Fraser said, like, oh, the Hulk, oh, X-Men. I think I was an an uh, enthusiastic young viewer of these films. I wouldn't have called it what it is now, like the sort of cult, sort of like, oh, I can't miss this, or I'm going to miss something out. It was more like, oh, it's out. 
I'm a kid. I want to go watch it. But I mm. didn't have any. Um, it, it wasn't like a, a the priority as it became later on. I, I was more happy to just casually go and watch them, but still watch them, but just more casually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, spoilers and stuff weren't a, as big of an issue. You know, like if you heard a little bit of a spoiler for Captain America or Thor, it wasn't like, no, you've ruined it. It was a bit more like, oh, man, I wish you hadn't told me. But it didn't really, you know what I mean? It didn't have that gravitas. Like, imagine someone ruined Endgame before you went and saw it. <laughs> there would be a, a fist thrown if like someone ruined Mark Endgame. <laughs> huh? A Mark Ruffalo interview. Oh, my God. <laughs> when he had his phone on in the freaking film for Thor. <laughs> it was on a, a Instagram yeah. live. <laughs> oh gosh him and Tom Holland terrible so the Avengers obviously in 2012 this is it did you know that they were coming to this they were going to form the Avengers uh, you know at what point would you like they're going to come together okay this is this is insane because this is a really big thing like you know other films have had crossovers and stuff before but not to my knowledge, have separate individual films gone, yeah, but fucking wait, because they are all coming and then actually pull it off. I'm pretty sure it's the first. I mean, but when I did you it, think it? I think it must definitely be if one of the first to do it on that big of a scale, because I think after like the first few Iron Man movies and then Captain America and Thor, Marvel quickly had a lot of fucking money. Because I think, like at this point, all all of us were like, we were watching the films. We knew when they were going to come out. We'd all make an effort and go to the cinema and everything for it. And then we'd sit there and talk and we'd Google stuff, right? And then we'd hear all these rumors that you know they're going to bring together the Avengers and you're going to see Hawkeye and you're going to get Black Widow and all these characters going to come together. I think by the time Avengers was actually coming out, I knew that they were gonna. It was going to be like this big thing. I didn't know it was going to be as big as it was and leading into like the whole Thanos and everything. But I think it was kind of known leading up to it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. I think, yeah, I think between our slot, we must have Googled a fair bit and researched random shit on our own and then found that this is going to be a big, big deal. And obviously later on, Doctor Strange and Spider-Man coming into it, the whole deal with like Sony and what they're doing and everything. And we, I think from that point, we were fully engrossed in the whole MCU. We we were like up to date with everything that was coming out on it. So it was kind of a slow build, I guess, from from Captain America and Thor. I think from Avengers, I think it, it had us all hooked on yeah. the rest of it. I'm yeah, pretty that's, sure. That's exactly what, what I was gonna say, you know, is is I think in those first lot of films, it was like a really slow burn because literally all we would have had was like those end credit scenes that were slowly tying it all together so i think um captain america was obviously him waking up in the present day uh no in fact that was the end of film i think the captain america one was actually a scene from the avengers where he's punching the the um yeah the punching bag and then nick fury comes in it's always shield that's tying it together isn't it because um (laughs) iron man 2 had uh, Thor, the Thor um, sort of little teaser. They find Milner in the in the desert. Yeah, um, they also that like, shield is actually in Iron Man too. So that yeah. was, I think, that was the big 
kind of we're forming a team. You yeah, know, they actually told you we're forming a team. We're just kind of waiting. We're we're kind of like they're waiting like like fireworks ready to go off, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, Shield, Shield was mentioned from Iron Man one. Yes, it was. Yeah. 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 Coulson, yeah the yeah. moment Colson was there. And then I reckon yeah. once we started getting those trailers, you know that that the theme, the the classic Avengers theme, that da, 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 that I think yeah. I, I think after actually Avengers yeah. after after the film come out, then they really kind of set the baseline. Like that's that's what they're going to have to provide us with now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in in the in the coming years. Um, and yeah, they they kind of set themselves up for that. Yeah, and they and they delivered as well. So, mm. a lot of people said it was a setup for failure because yeah. it was such a high bar. The Avengers two thousand twelve was such a high bar. Whoa. Everyone said that any solo film we bring out now is never going to be able to compete. Any other Avengers film, how are you going to get that same feeling of them coming together again? This is the downfall. So many investors pulled out after the the rise. Because they thought it's not going to get better than that, and it fucking did. Yeah, I think that's. I think I, like as everyone said, like I had the the thread that okay, yeah, these these this team up will happen, and we've been teasing other franchises, not as big, but you know, in other little areas. But I didn't expect them to pull it off, not the way that they did. You know, it kind of gave you that kid sensation, and I remember watching it with you guys and getting really excited. Um, and I think from Avengers onwards, that's when I felt that sort of little hook because it was like a new drug for pop culture. Of It worked and it's what we wanted to see properly done. And I think from Avengers onwards, I was fully on board. And um, just to touch on it, because other films was a little bit less, the Avengers uh, budget was just 220 million, which is not a lot for its day. But it 70 made mil more than the first Iron Man. First Iron Man film, right? And then that Iron Man made half a billion. Still a lot yep. of money, but you know, 500, uh, almost 600 million. This first Avengers made 1.5 billion. Ooh. Yeah. Now, it was a big changer. Yeah. And I think I understand That's Charlie fine. in the sense of everyone saying, well, this was your rise. This is 2008, 2011. No one's ever done it. This is the rise. You're going to have your decline now. Mm-hmm. And they might have had a little odd hits and misses, but it was still always an incline. Let's talk about the the hits and misses because after the Avengers, I think everyone was in that state of, are they going to be able to top that? And I'm not putting these in chronological order, but I'm pretty sure it was Winter Soldier and then Avengers Two, right? Pretty it sure they were come out around the same time. Oh, and oh, Thor Two, yeah, you're right, yeah, uh, Dark Dark World or whatever it was called. <laughs> Thor was a not great. Thor 2 was absolute dog next... shit. <laughs> I can't, <laughs> even now, I can't watch films. it. it See, the thing is, I don't mind. I don't know if we'll need to watch Thor, because the next two films after Avengers was Iron Man 3 and then Thor The Dark World. And I was like, it, overall, I enjoyed to see them, but the, the, the little twists and turns was not to my liking. Thor Dark World wasn't bad, it was forgettable. And I think Captain, I think The Winter Soldier is an important staple in that moment for phase two because it kind of introduced something new reinvented a character to the point where i thought i love captain america and it brought faith back a strong grounding into the franchise and that we followed up with guardians and then get to age of ultron 
that second half of that phase was strong. But Iron Man three and Thor's Dark World, I don't, I don't feel the need to watch them. I never liked mm. any other Iron Man film apart from Iron Man one, to be honest. Iron Man two was okay. Iron Man two was okay, but not oh, as good as Iron Man one. I agree. No, I like Iron Man two a lot. <clears throat> It was okay. It, it wasn't the best. I can still watch it and be like, yeah, that was a good film. I won't have it as good as I was watching Iron Man 1, but Iron Man 3, wow. I think when I left the cinema, I remember thinking, yeah, okay, yeah, I like the film, but because I was like so hyped up to the fact it was Iron Man, I think after like a little while of thinking about it and like just debating on it, I was like, you know what, that wasn't a great film. The more you, you kind of think about it and you see all the little plot holes that they, they you miss in the moment, but um, yeah, Iron Man one is top tier. Two and three, yeah, they're okay. Well, three shit. Two is okay. <laughs> and uh, do you know a lot of people really enjoyed Iron Man three, which is really you know it's still a very popular film. I think it did super well at box office as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but this again, I think the CG elements of Iron Man will trick you because every Iron Man film they brought out a new gimmick of some sort you know of each individual plate coming to him and stuff in in the is it i think that was the third one wasn't it when every plate could mm-hmm. come individually so like there was always something different that every iron man film brought and i think that was kind of how they tricked you into believing it was a really good film yeah. when you come out the cinema and then you're like hang on was it i, I really didn't like guy pierce in it <laughs> and i love guy pierce yeah but yeah, yeah. I think the studio recognized that, that people enjoyed the presence of these characters and the storyline. And that's why they went, right, RDJ, still in it. The gimmicks of the suit, still in it. But we're going to pepper it throughout the rest of the MCU, then give it dedicated film time. And that's what saved it. Because I think, again, I enjoyed a little bit of the character arc. I enjoyed seeing, as always, RDJ as Tony Stark and Iron Man. But the narrative villains i didn't care i just didn't so i think the studio did respond i think well maybe what lost it iron man one and two was directed by john favreau iron man three was directed by someone else called shane black yes shane black yeah yeah maybe that's that's where it went a bit pear-shaped to be honest because john favreau is fucking amazing yeah no 100 percent he is it was the writing was bad yeah i I think the writing like i don't want to get into it but there was a lot of points where I was like, really? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, really? no, 100%. I agree. Like blowing up all your suits at the end? What the fuck was that about? Pepper randomly had the extremist power for like 30 seconds and then it just disappeared. It was like, well, what happened there? Yeah. He gets it was, the take out of his chest. No, I, I didn't like the... Yeah, the, I hated that. The, the Mandarin thing where, oh, I'm Trevor, I'm a co- comedy. And I was like, nope, did not like that. I liked I you as a villain. Not pay off at all. No, not in my mind. Some people didn't mind it. And then the bit that got me, that solidified that film was, I remember the moment that Pepper died. Pepper drops out of his hands and falls into the fire. And I was like, fuck, this guy's lost the love of his life. She drops. He calls the suit. I'm like, all right, he's going to batter this guy. And the suit hits the side and it just crumbles. And he just looks at the, like, looks at the mandarin. He's like, uh, a guy pisses. Like, uh. And I'm like, are we making a joke? Are we actually making a joke yeah. after that beat? And I was like, no, nah, I've lost faith in this film. Yeah. Sorry. And it was I, slow-mo I just... and everything. It was meant to be this really gravitas moment. And yeah, they instantly done comedy straight after. And it just, yeah. oh, it was terrible. But, that yeah, I agree, mate. That was a really bad moment. I think they I think they did learn from those beats, though. They A lot of people said, oh, too much comedy. Like They, they did find a happy medium. Hmm. 
I agree. You did mention that something special was introduced in uh, Winter Soldier, and I'm going to tell you what that special thing was. It's called the Russo Brothers, because that's when they yes. first directed a Marvel movie, and instantly you got a different caliber of storytelling and uh, filmography. You know, I mean, it was pure leg day for Cap. We'd never seen this guy use his legs. And in this film, they were like, this guy must be wedged. Kick people. Like, you could boot a guy like off a ship. Like, just do it. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and the Russo brothers, yeah, they came in and they uh, obviously they were given the the parts of doing Infinity War and Endgame, which was flawless. Like, if I say so myself, Winter Soldier still was one hundred percent. Yeah, great film. Completely, completely agree. I don't know. I overly love Captain America. Obviously, Captain America One is like a is like a good, it's like a feel good kind of movie. It's it's kind of old school, but it's got that that tone to it. But Winter Soldier was, you could definitely tell, like, there was early day Marvel, and then this was, this was like, experienced veteran Marvel. Like, you had insane action scenes, you had crazy storytelling and dialogue and development. It was a great, <clears throat> great, great film. I could still put Captain Winter, Winter Soldier on at any point as well and just enjoy it. That was a great film. Yeah. And Agreed. I think it's, it's, it's just something about the the Captain America films that they 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 seem to be the the main solo films that have actually standing change on the rest of the Marvel universe at the time. Because mm. in that in that yeah. film is when like Shield basically falls and Hydra is is ousted from there. Yeah, and think, that leads on into Age of Ultron as well. Uh, and then I think yeah. Captain America. For his character model, and you don't have to rely on CGI. I know it sounds mm. silly, but it's like it's not a spectacle to see. So it has to be what you hear, what you feel. And it obviously they were in the action conspiracy mystery murder style. So they can add politics because Captain America's a lot about his politics. And I think that's what I liked about Cap. They've done it, per- they played the line perfectly in the first film. And I think it's the whole he's the archetype, he's the Superman of the Marvel Universe. You know, he's, he's the red, white, and blue. He's gonna, always going to do the right thing. And it's such a thin line to, to kind of play with in the sense of, is he going to be a goody two-shoes? Is he going to be annoying? Is he going to be in your face? And he's like, no, he has a standard. He has boundaries and morals for a reason. And then you apply that to the real world, with the real world politics. And he has to now fight with his morals and ethics versus the reality of like corruption and... His country. His country, yeah. the, the things that he's standing for and the, the, the people that he represents are the enemy. And yeah. on top of that, his best friend is the person trying to kill him all in this in this one thing. So it's like you watch a battle of character with all of these dom- this domino effect. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the phrase, it kind of affects the bigger picture of the Marvel Universe. So I, it, you wanted to listen. If I'm watching a Captain America film, I really wanted to listen. Not that I wouldn't listen to the others, but I could still turn the volume down on Iron Man just a little bit and watch the show. With Captain America, I'm like, I need to listen. I need to know what's being said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's going to be. Go on, go on, go on, go on. I was just, just going to say, like, his, like, saying, like, to, to really get into his character and to really drive it home, like, this is Captain America. His, like, basically all of his lines have to be like spot on and i always come back to like the like one of the end scenes in winter soldier when he's finished fighting with bucky 
and he's he's laying there on the floor and he's like he's he'll he'll let he'll let Bucky like just uh, just beat him up and he's like I'm with you to the end of the line and that and that's what stops him like <laughs> basically he didn't have to overpower him he just he ba- he basically talked him out of it by sticking to his morals yeah it's a really good point yeah and that was a wicked moment yeah a really really cool moment yeah i forgot about that to be fair until you just said it, it just made me smile because cap is as you said he is is all about every word that comes out of his mouth has to be perfect because if he says something that's contradictory or you know it rubs someone the wrong way all of a sudden he's not perfect mm. and chris evans and the writing behind him has done really well at making him like a really perfect like good-hearted person you know yeah which is why he can lift the fucking hammer. <laughs> and and we got yeah. the proper Captain America scene of him pulling the helicopter back down. Like in terms of yeah. brutal strength, you're like, oh, fucking man. Yeah. Oh shit, don't, yeah. don't mess with this guy. But um, yeah, man. I, I, I love that film. I love that. If, if anyone was into a style of genre like that and were like, I'm not really into Marvel, there's only like a select few films I would show them to introduce them into this world and Winter Soldier is one of those films I would show mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good one. I mean, after Winter Soldier comes Civil War around, roughly. It's not in the same, not in, not in identical chronological order, but years shortly after, that's kind of the next it's, step it's of next what happens one, from right? Winter Soldier. It's the next, yeah, it's the next payoff of the third part of Captain America. Which, I mean, yeah, when oh, you compare yeah, Captain yeah. America 1 to 2 and 3, it's actually insane about the quality difference. Because, as you've all been saying, like, Winter Soldier was top tier, but then Civil War was the third part. They are two incredible films. Then you've got Captain America 1, which is such a... That's all right. That's shout, okay. shout out as well to uh, Age of Ultron. Yeah. I was going to say, that, yeah. That peppered, that peppered Civil yeah. War. Yeah. Okay. We we did kind of I did kind of skip over Avengers and Guardians a little bit because I'm worried about time. But Age of Ultron wasn't my favorite. But that's 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 one of those films where a lot of people say that, and I'm one of those people. I'm like, I had a good time. I was absolutely okay in that film. I had no uh, no objections. It wasn't the strongest, but I had no problem with it. I had a better time watching it the second time. Like a while after, I, I didn't go back to watch it again, like for a long time. But when I watched it mm-hmm. the second time, I had a better appreciation for it, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think I calling your film time, Age of Ultron. Trying trying to trying to compare it not only to the first Avengers film, but also to uh as a as a as an enemy, uh as Ultron being an enemy and trying to think of him as sort of being the next step because it's got to be a worse uh situation that they're in this time right and just thinking well that wasn't actually too bad it wasn't that bad it wasn't I an age i remember watching the film and like the story didn't have me too much but i found it more of like it was visually amazing to to watch than being like yeah story-wise entertained like seeing the whole fucking city float up and shit and you're like this is insane. Like the whole army of Ultron drones and everything like visually I I was in, it was like, this looks incredible, but same as you, like it's not my favorite big film, like big phase of the Marvel films. It's, Mm -hmm. um, I can kind of take it or leave it. 
but visually, it, they definitely did step it up. But uh, yeah, story wise, it wasn't incredible. Like you, you get Scarlet Witch in it, Scarlet Witch. Um, yeah, Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. You, you sort of, she first gets introduced and everything, and you see her powers and everything, which is kind of cool. And she comes an okay-ish kind of character, a bit mm-hmm. overpowered. But um, yeah, it's not anything and then amazing. They, they threw away Quicksilver. Yeah, that was also annoying. Why? Why did they bother? I, I yeah, think Age of Ultron, looking back, was an amazing accumulation, a compilation of moments. Because it gave us, like, Hulk versus Iron Man. Mm. Loved seeing that. It gave us um, the vision. It gave us the moment of people trying to pick up Thor's hammer and Cap yeah. kind of sneaking in and that leading to Endgame. And it also gave us, like you said, like Scarlet Witch, uh, and then even something like Vision picking up the hammer. Like I think he needed it because of those moments. And even I liked Ultron, his voice. But yeah, the narrative wasn't so strong. But I think the beats was necessary to 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 carry on. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, should we have an ad break, guys? Because it is on our final ten minutes, and I don't want us to just cut off again. Yeah, good shot. It's an oh, ad break. Ad break. We'll see you after the break. It's an ad break. Please come on in. Very nice to meet you, Mr. Excellence, courage, bravery, justice. Okay. Yes, these are words I can spell and more, for it is I, Spellchecker. Huh. Chilburn. They call me Chilburn. Okay. Nice. Okay, well, joining the Avengers is quite a difficult task. Do you think you're up for the challenge? If you are having a crisis, a danger, a terror, rest assured, I can spell these words also. Yeah, right. Okay. I'm pretty pumped about it, but also just kind of chill about it as well. Okay, and what's your superpower? For when darkness rises, crime prevails, let it be known that I, the Spellchecker, will make sure all of these dastardly, fiendish and villainous criminals paperwork once arrested shall be written signed and checked by none other than right. the spell checker yeah that makes uh, sense. so basically when i feel hot i can cool things down and okay. when i feel cold i can heat things up it's, okay it's a bit of breezing here though Do you feel that draw hmm. and how could that be useful in a time of crisis you have avengers that can jump that can fight yeah fly, yeah. hulk out, yep. envision and cast spells but yeah. not everyone can spell yeah, yeah, depending on where we're fighting I can either freeze the enemy or I can burn the enemy Okay. Uh, okay. depending on how hot and cold it is uh, depending on right. what I'm wearing depending on okay. how I'm feeling on the day oh, okay um, yeah, I don't think this is going to work out so when in doubt, you can always call upon everybody. S P L L C H E K E R Spellchecker. That, that that definitely wasn't spelled right. So where do I sign? Oh, I I see. Okay, well, uh, uh, you've got the air, yeah, I'm sorry. air conditioning on quite high. Uh, do you um, think you can quickly turn it down a bit? Oh, wait, what's happening? Uh-oh. No, 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 no! no! Hello and welcome back from the break. I hope you enjoyed that fantastic advert from one of us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to allocate someone to make a do it, but no. Um, 
So after Avengers 2, we've kind of touched on Civil War already, but let's kind of dive into it a little bit more because I think the return of Spider-Man <laughs> is something we kind of need to focus on a little bit. Oh. It was, for me, that was one of the, that was the moment in MCU that I was like, I I can get this shit tattooed on me. I'm ready. You know, this this is, I mean, I didn't, but I would have if I had money. It, <laughs> it was a, uh, it was so fucking overwhelming and they done it so well to bring in Spider-Man. What did you guys, what was your peak experience for, for Spider-Man and when did you find out he was going to be in Civil War and stuff? Oh, so you're just asking just about Spider-Man? <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man. honestly, mate, film. I know Civil War is a fantastic film and I'm not ever going to take that because it is a great film, but it was a massive moment for, for Marvel to have yeah, yeah. Spider-Man yeah. come home and then to call it all his films home, 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 home. You know, he's literally <laughs> home. Um, it's such a... It's, it, it, I don't think anyone else is ever going to get to experience something like that where it's like, oh, they don't own him yet. You know, it's like, no, he's, he's back. He's fucking home. Yeah, yeah go I remember. Like, I remember like leading up to it, there was all this talk of like... Because obviously we were like doing our research on the side before the film's getting hyped up for it and everything. I remember hearing about all the deals between Sony and is he going to come back and is he not and the random little leaks of seeing Tom Holland on the set with it with this suit on and everything and everyone's like oh my god is he going to be there or not and I remember watching the film and then um, it was that scene where it's uh, it's Tony and uh, what's her name Scarlett Johansson's character Black Widow Black Widow and yeah they're, talk- they're talking in the thing. And um, she's like, yeah, you know, uh, I've got an idea, but I don't think you're going to like it. You know, my guy's upstairs. Where's yours? And Tony just smiles and I'm like, what is this? And you cut mm-hmm. to like New York and it's like, oh, it's fucking Spider-Man. And I remember yeah. just getting so fucking excited at the fact that, oh my God, you're actually going to get to see Spider-Man for the first time. And you see him like that panning show. He's walking through the halls and everything. Oh man. Yeah, that was, that is 10 out of 10 good feels right there. Because, yeah, I think we were getting to a point where, you know, obviously Marvel is is set now. Like, they're established. They're, their universe is established. So we're thinking, oh, yeah. we're, we're starting to to realise this whole situation to do with the um, the rights to their characters and things like that. And so, obviously, Spider-Man comes up. Uh, we've already had the Sam Raimi films. We've already had it rebooted mm-hmm. uh, again and not do so well. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think it was definitely a massive moment to, to get Spider-Man joining everybody else who's been introduced. And, um, yeah, I, I think I had, I, I think I was kind of held in reserves, you know, I still kind of like, I still rooting for Tobey Maguire. He's kind of like my Peter Parker, to be honest. Yeah. That's but fair. That's fair. He's cute. <laughs> He, he, he's obviously not going to be pulled back for that. Mm. But... Was Spider-Man dropped in a trailer or in the film? I forget. He was in the trailer. He was in the he trailer. Was in the trailer, yeah. Yeah. See, like, I remember being excited. Obviously, didn't have the thing, and it's the same thing with the whole like, because we kept watching these films together. At this point, this became our ritual to go watch these films together. And I remember when it came to, in Age of Ultron, when it came to Hulk versus Iron Man, I remember Rickish punching me on the arm from excitement. I'll never forget that <laughs> feeling because my arm was killing me during the film. And it was the same with this. It's exactly the same experience because obviously I was the person next to Rickish, poor thing. 
And um, Tony just gives that smile and he just poof the city and he just sees the word queen. And he just I just remember Ricochet going, <gasps> I just smack him on the arm. I'm like, I get it, okay, I get it, I get it. And then you see him, and I was like, This is one of those few times, and like Fraser, I love you know, Toby Maguire came out, loved him. He was the OG. Then Andrew Agreed. Garfield uh, came out, loved him, but it was Agreed. all of its time, but it was sort of that moment of oh, this is a good Peter Parker a good Spider-Man in a good film. Obviously, yeah. he wasn't the, the, the main guy. And I was like, this is a really nice balance. I, I was still unsure, like Fraser, like, uh, let's see what's going to happen. But face value, I was like, good balance. Well done. Because it was just, it, I think the biggest thing that I remember being around the time, the biggest joke was like, they remember them asking the cast of, well, you know, Spider-Man, big character worldwide. How do you feel like he's being played by a British actor? That basically played Billy Elliot, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe it!" Obviously, they were joking, but he yeah. nailed. I, I get that guy must have so much fucking pressure on him, mm. and he nailed yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he does a really good accent, and his 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 um quips, I think, because I always kind of said that Tobey Maguire wasn't my favorite Peter Parker, but he was a great Spider Man, and then I think Andrew Garfield, I did enjoy his Peter Parker, but his quips weren't as like as fun yeah tom holland had had perfect balance of both he was oh. very 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 well cast spider-man and the yeah. second british one as well because andrew garfield's also british yeah 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 so <clears throat> then you kind of got uh you started getting your i think ant-man came out before civil war because he was in civil war as well but yes. then you had like ant-man 2 uh doctor strange um, you kind of got into that territory. Don't have to dive too much into them, but I think we can kind of collectively agree they were like B-rate movies. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they they yeah, filled they a purpose. You know, they were. It's it's kind of their first time branching away from the main Avengers, right, and starting yeah. to expand to their Avengers roster because they're essentially they're all Avengers, right? All of these superheroes. Um, yeah. So yeah, they. they give them their due i wasn't overly i wasn't overwhelmed by them when they came out but they tried to do their own thing the 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 thing about dr strange though i feel like he spends the whole film getting his ass handed to him (laughs) it's not very i I like that though he he was not the sorcerer supreme he needed to have his i did not want him to get in there and be like i am the one i didn't want it to be a neo moment i wanted one good thing (laughs) like at the end he had one plan at it happened to work <laughs> it was a weird was a plan thing, as well that, that was a one thing yeah. he had it, it, like, was, it didn't really matter the timing of the film was like he, when he by the time he got to Carmitage, by the time he got there and started training like there wasn't a clear kind of indication like he's been there for however long he was just like he's a newbie and then, then the scene cuts and it's like he's been there for a couple of months a couple of years like you have no idea and he's just gets yeah, to know all this yeah. shit and it's like what is going on where are we the pacing yeah. of it was a bit weird but i feel like the ant-man movies the, the doctor strange kind of movies all those it just felt like marvel had made enough money at that point where they're starting to make whole entire movies or franchises based off of the supporting characters just to add to the main event kind of thing that's what it felt like yeah like they were yeah. so I feel like it kind of went from the MCU world to MCU universe. And the way I see from Iron Man 1, even up to Endgame, is like, it's like reading a good book. 
you can't have the best bit in the beginning, the best bit in the middle, and the best bit at the end be the whole story. You need that build up and ups and downs, and you need to turn a page. So I feel like these films were good. They were justified. They were needed in some capacity to introduce, and as Rico said, to kind of develop on Marvel to kind of say, to flex a little bit, to say, we can do it out of something you didn't ask for. And I think that's the big thing. But they're, they're page turners. You don't remember it, but it was there to get you to the next thing. And it informs the big moments more. Because for me, Ant-Man, I didn't mind it too much. Doctor Strange was just what I imagined it's like to be on acid. And then it was like, the next big thing was Spider-Man. And for me, that was like, okay, forget the MCU. I need to know if now they can take this character and this actor and make a successful film in Homecoming. And that was the next big jump for me. that I really enjoyed well, let's um before we jump past Infinity War and Endgame and go on to Spider Man and stuff, let's talk Black Panther because that was something that really stood out as obviously it was a massive thing for the black community and it was the first solo movie to break one bill, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it was a big, big movie. Honestly, I think probably the best villain in the MCU to that point. I think Thanos is probably better than that, like you know, since everything after. But yeah, uh, Killmonger was was fantastic was I such a good villain it. and obviously it Chadwick. Was so funny. oh incredible he really, really did it yeah yeah and, and i yeah. feel like he's he's Everyone. a really well-written villain that's the thing and yeah marvel also have this kind of curse they they kill off their good villains and mm-hmm. it was really well written as well you know i i, I don't mean to pull it away but I, I was listening to another podcast talking about this film and they were saying how, you know how like characters, always the heroes go to like like hospitals and charity events. And they were kind of like riffing of like, imagine if Killmonger <laughs> was sent to these hospitals. Like they were, you've got to go in character. And it's just the idea of him trying to sell weapons to all these little kids. <laughs> I, I know it sounds so stupid, but it's just, oh man, it's just, I loved his character Basically. so much. <laughs> but you're jump, everyone back was, as well. Just, just jumping back to Civil War, because obviously that was when Black Panther was introduced as well. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh it was. God. You're right. Yeah. I think yeah, yeah. that he was, he, he was like a great addition to that film as well, because yeah. he was just another powerhouse. Like yeah. that whole scene where he was going after, after Bucky, he's pretty much unstoppable. Like super soldiers got nothing <laughs> on Black Panther, apparently. Yeah. So yeah. That's a, you got you got him chasing Bucky and Cap chasing him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, the running scene, scene was insane. Was such a good scene. He was the wild card in Civil War. He was not on anyone's team. He was just out for his own interest because obviously, yeah. you know, for his dad. Um, and obviously he was just showcasing him. But I, I, I'm not going to say this adds too much, but I really enjoyed it. This is probably more with Chadwick's RIP to the guy. Like his performance, he was so regal. You just felt that princely, kingly vibe. He wasn't just a strong character that earned it. It was like, no, this guy walks into the room and you fucking show respect. I really picked that up so quick. He played that 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 so well. He was accessible as a person, as a character, but he was so like, shit, you are like the king of Wakanda. You are the Black Panther. Yeah. And then the yeah. film just, oh man. Love that film. Love that film. Kind of the same thing, like watching him in Black Panther, I mean, you know, in Civil War when he first seems like, okay, cool, this guy's pretty fucking sick. Like, yeah, I don't know 
a whole bunch about Black, about um, Black Panther at that point, but you see what you see from Civil War, and it's like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. And by the time you get to Black Panther, and you see like the actual story and like Wakanda in general, and like all the shit that they've got going on, it's like, this is fucking amazing. Like, yeah. where where has all of this been? Like, why is all of this still under wraps? And that's like kind of where the whole story from Black Panther comes from in the first place. But yeah, man, I think that was like another really, really well written story in in Marvel's MCU story. That was a very good chapter. That was a very, very good chapter. So let's go on to the the big event, the main event, the big oh. one. This is the, the this is the epitome of the rise, Infinity War and Endgame. Now we'll put them together because they were shot as one big movie. Let's just say it is a big movie cut into two halves. What is the most standout moments that you just take you took away from Infinity War? Obviously, the dusting. You don't need to mention the dusting. We all know that. But what hit you that was like super, you know, personal from your journey? Who wants to go? <laughs> one of you though I think the initial fight on Titan you know mm-hmm. they've got this, they're, they're facing this guy who's getting increasingly more powerful already way more powerful than uh, than they can imagine really having I, I can't remember how many Infinity Stones he had at the time I think he had uh, five out of six Three? possibly no he had he, yeah, more he would have been missing two. He needed the time two. stone. Yeah. And he needed and the mind stone. And the soul stone. And the soul stone. The soul stone isn't just a one game. He he had the soul stone by the time he got to Titan. That was Titan was Endgame, weren't it? Yeah, the soul yeah, the soul stone. No, the soul stone was um was Infinity War. He got that just before arriving. Oh yeah, of course he did. Yeah. So it's just this this ragtag group basically been put together. Um own, the only actual avenger there is uh is tony and he's he's got a work with the guardians of the galaxy and uh yeah. peter parker who's not supposed to be there uh, and strange and, strange and dr strange as well um so uh, yeah apparently uh peter quill put together that plan but um they almost pulled it off and then um yeah and then they basically just got a rabble together and they just get their asses handed to them. And that yeah. scene that <laughs> did I watch it with you, Rikesh? Or not? Which or did one? I message you afterwards or something like that? Because that when? scene that scene where, oh. where Tony gets stabbed by Thanos. That no, must no, 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 no. It, was, it was me, you phrase, and Chaz that went to the cinema yeah. and Jay. Yeah, and Rikesh, you lot went Rikesh to go watch, was it. watch it the next day. Because yeah. I remember the bit where Tony almost dies thinking, oh my god. Mm. Or Rikesh, and then Blessed yeah. Spider Man happens, and Charlie went into like a shit, like just PTSD <laughs> You just went silent. I remember looking at Jade going, Is it going to be okay? She's like, Don't worry, I'll pick him up. You were just silent, silent. Yeah, it was trauma. So, it was trauma to have something yeah. so beautiful given to us, then ripped away. But what what, what was this thing you're talking about? Sorry, phrase with the message with Frick. Um, I feel like after that scene, maybe I'm thinking of Civil War because Tony lost the cap, basically. <laughs> But oh. <laughs> I, I do remember thinking of Rikesh at, at, in that scene when um when Tony got stabbed 
because we wasn't sure if he was going to make it. <laughs> but, I, um, I, yeah, I, I think I, that that scene for me is a big takeaway. Yeah, mm. I think that's one of my biggest takeaways from the whole film. Um, obviously, like you got the big, like the snap and the dusting and everything, but um, before all of that, seeing them fight Thanos for the first time, and then everyone kind of gets like bodied off one by one, and it's just Thanos and Tony, and you're watching it like, what the fuck is gonna happen now? When he first got stabbed, my heart dropped. I was like, dude. Do not kill Iron Man. Don't do it. Obviously, you know, he kind of healed himself and everything. You're like, okay, cool. That was a close call. I think that close call had me paranoid for Endgame. Because before it ever came out, I was convinced. I was convinced they were going to kill Tony. And I was saying it for months. Months before the film mm -hmm. came out. Like, it started with Tony. They're going to end it with Tony. <laughs> and they fucking did it. Wank. Yeah, they did. It was good, though. Yeah. It was good. It was, it you could so not good. have it end that way. He literally yeah. saved everything, saved everyone. It was, it was beautiful, but it was also gut-wrenching to watch. I think I've only ever actually seen that scene a handful of times. I've watched Endgame, but I'll usually skip that little scene a bit. <laughs> and then, um, oh. Carry on, no, I can't do it, man. It gets too emotional. It gets so emotional. Does the, does the movie end for you after he snaps his fingers? He goes, I am Iron Man. Then... Yeah, turn it off. Okay, yeah, he's Iron Man. Everyone knows. All right, good job, guys. Well done. Post credit scene. Done. Let's go. Oh, man. Yeah. You know is, I think... That's one of the standouts for me for, for Infinity War. Mm. I think there's so much. I think it's. I have a strong moment that stuck with me. I was thinking about it, but I think it's always the little beats of you've watched these people win against the odds. It's the typical superhero story, but it's like it starts off, like you said, with Heimdall dying, Loki's dying, Hulk gets beaten up. You're like, okay, it's been like 20 minutes, and I've oh, already yeah. had a, a, a plethora of going against what I expected. And then it carries on. And even from people, forget even Dustin, which was each scene was emotional, even like the choice with Hawkeye and Black Widow. Okay, wow, all of that. But I think the mini love story in between all of this was obviously between Wanda and Vision. And him basically kind of, you you start to do that sort of, and you do this even before the film comes out of, oh, Thanos is going to get the stones. Well, one of the stones is in Vision's head. So what does that mean? Is he going to die? And then the fact, I think it's that moment where Wanda has to basically kill Vision and that's bad enough. And then um, he just turns. And, yeah. I, and even I knew it was going to happen. I was like, he has the time stone. And then he does it anyway and just rips it out. It's like, you had to kill someone, look them in the eye, and then forget that it was for nothing. Mm. You, had to, you had to make that choice, live that infinity. It was for nothing. He rips it out and you've lost anyway. And I think that, and obviously it leads on to a beautiful one division and her grief, that that's one of the main <laughs> of all the heartbreaks. One of the main ones, because I was like, oh, man, they were, this is love that they're breaking. Oh, man, that's what oh, that's fair. I forgot. I forgot that that happened. Like, she fully just killed him for literally yeah. no reason. No reason. He just, he, yeah. He just couldn't watch. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Do it. I'm going to bring it back anyway and kill him all over again. So do what you mm. want. Yeah, I forgot about that, man. Oh, I get and I mean, bef yeah. just before that, he is literally just walking towards them and 
all like pretty much everyone who was in that Wakanda fight, which is another thing we've kind of the Wakanda fight is it fucking insane. It's so incredibly good. <laughs> like the the whole Doof. Oh, yeah. mate, I was ready to run at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that scene where um, basic Captain America and Black Panther are basically racing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that it's run running, is run such a small detail, so but yes, yes, yeah. Fraser, that is a detail that we need. Such a small one, but made yeah. every nerd go, oh, who's quicker? Yeah. You know, yeah. we were all watching who was going to win in that fucking run. Oh, it's great. <laughs> so good. Oh, and um, yeah, like Captain America was not holding back either in that film. Like the the scene no, that no one was before is um when when Thanos is walking towards who is he? He must be walking towards Vision at that point. Um, grabs the glove. He stops his punch and he's like, ah, oh, oh. like, really giving it his all. But then yeah, gets knocked out. Thanos stopped. don't even he, stop he, him. Yeah, really. Kind of. It was one of those moments where Thanos actually looked at him, and obviously in his mind is like, "You're all just ant." But he considers him for a moment. He's like, "Yeah, oh shit!" And then knocks him down. Oh, and then obviously Thor's entrance again. It's that same thing of, "Oh, he's gonna win the day." Stabs him in the chest, and then it just is still. It, it's and then the snap. Nothing. Nothing mm-hmm. works. Oh. Here's, here's yeah, a nice true. little um, oh sorry, go on, Rick. You go first. No, 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 go on, go on, no, no, I'll just I'll just end the whole thing with Thor. Big one, carry on, carry on, carry on. No, okay. I was gonna just give you a, a little fun fact. So when yeah. everyone's getting dusted, Groot says, "I am Groot," and du- and dusts away while Rocket Raccoon's reaching out to him, and it was confirmed that he was saying "Dad" to Rocket. Yeah, and that's yeah. <laughs> that was a confirmed fact. That's what he was. That's what I am group meant when he said it as he was getting dusted. He, he called Rocket Raccoon dad. Yeah. And if that don't if that doesn't break your heart, you are <laughs> you are not a fan. It absolutely <laughs> destroyed me when that came out. I was like, oh no. And I think it was yeah. in the year gap that you had to wait. <laughs> I'm just surprised they just didn't end the film with like dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> the whole was, orchestra. You know, um... No, it went silent. Yeah, there, there, it was silent. Was there an end credit scene? Nope. Yes, oh, I think it there was. was. It was Captain Marvel. Well, it wasn't. Captain Marvel. It was that little yeah. buzzer. That little. Um... Yeah. Yes, it was. You're, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. Nick yeah. Fury and Thingy Maria yeah, Hill. And they call Captain um, Captain Marvel, which I think Captain Marvel came out. I should have looked this up a bit more before, but I'm pretty sure that came out after Infinity War. I think it came out between yeah. Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. So it yeah. was a very. It was like a tease to a new character, but almost at like the weirdest point where you're like, okay, I guess she is OP and we do need an OP character right now. So it was actually really clever to bring her in at that, like to hint that she's coming in at that moment because we had just lost all hope. So any new hero that could help was welcome. You know, it was a very, very smart way to introduce a new hero at that point. Yeah, I think so. But maybe it was also kind of like a, I think it's also like a smart business move. In order to get mm-hmm. people to go and see her film, I mean, technically, oh, yeah. all end credit scenes kind of are, you know, as a nod to this is where you're gonna, this is where you're gonna go and watch next. But yeah, I think probably needed to put it there in Infinity War. Uh, mm. Especially, yeah. I think that's why. Like, I think the two films afterwards were strategically placed, as Fraser said, business wise, narrative wise, but also 
the, the audience needed. So like the next film was Ant-Man and Wasp, which alleviated you from that feeling. And it's only right at the end where the dusting sort of kicks in and Ant-Man is in the quantum realm, which obviously helps Endgame kick off. Mm-hmm. So it kind of ties a thread, but also takes you away from everything. Captain Marvel is just a, a basic introduction film. But again, as you guys said, you needed that. I, I will take anything. This is an OP character. Cool. What what can we do with her? I think these two films help connect Infinity War to Endgame. But they also kind of alleviate that pressure because you was left with a very strong aftertaste in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I think... Um... I think it was the Russo brothers that said as well that Infinity War is basically a, a Thanos film because we do kind of see yes, Thanos yeah, yeah, from yeah. the arc. We yeah. love that. Oh, this was Russo brothers uh, again. Yes, yeah. they did yeah, both. Yeah, 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 of course. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think they yeah. proved that. Way yeah, they did War. Winter Soldier, Civil War, then Infinity War, then uh, Endgame. That's not a bad roster, man. For like, mm-hmm. because very good in the world to do some of the best movies in it. Oof. <laughs> They have said that they would only return if secret, secret, secret wars was on the table, and uh, it, it is. It's the. It's one of the next films coming out, so yeah, I'm pretty sure it's. Uh, it's not them doing that, it. They've hit that level now. They're not going to go to Marvel. Marvel needs to go to them. And this is this is where we're going to get into the downfall, because I think after Endgame, it it, it did start to go a bit pear shaped for Marvel, and so. Yeah, tying in, <laughs> tying in these new characters that have been brought in and stuff that everyone was all pumped for to see in Endgame that didn't, you know, that were teased after Endgame, like Spider Man getting his own his own movies and stuff. We all looked forward to No Way Home because there was this big crossover thing, which was you know the the Spider Man coming together, and we were all pretty sure that was going to happen, and it did. It wasn't the biggest surprise. We knew it was kind of coming, but it was great to be there. But then after that, it hit a bit of a shit because not many films that have come out after. And this is my next question for you guys, because I still don't really know what one to put my finger on, but what is your favorite film that's come out after and where would it stand in your overall rating out of 10? Hold on. Are we going <clears> to <throat> game now? We're, we're past end game. Or do you want to go? Sorry. Do you want to go more into end game? Cause we did do infinity war quite, I think we kind of no, blended a bit touched, of both. <laughs> I know we touched on it, but even just like the best moment, I know Rikesh's worst moment, but sorry, <laughs> his face, bless him. But just even a little highlight, because I know it was a year apart, but Endgame to me is, I can't mention it without talking. Let's go into Endgame. Let's go into Endgame, because it's, it's a fucking awesome, it's my favourite. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, it literally, you're literally going from exactly what's just happened goes into it you see him return home uh tony survives which is you know instant sigh of relief for rikesh for all of two hours before it happens again and uh <laughs> in it, it they go and kill Thanos straight away mm-hmm. i think that, that was mad that but it wasn't just his death it was the fact that for a year everyone was hyping up he should have gone for the head like Thanos said and then he does it and then everyone's like, Paul, what are you doing? It's like, I went for the head. And that was, again, that moment. I was like, okay, this is a different film. Just sit back. Sit back. Yeah. And it was like five years later. And I was like, what? Yeah. That's what, it. What, it's, it's, it's was the it time five? Jump. I thought it was 20. That's five years later. That's the last of us. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, five year jump. That, 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 that 
black screen five years later like hang on a minute you just killed thanos you've cut to a black screen and now we've just jumped five years into the future what the fuck are we doing you know what it was as well the uh the russo brothers confirmed that Endgame picks up straight after infinity war so we're we're walking in there like yeah okay we're we're watching this straight after uh yeah they find out where thanos is they go to him interrogate him he's fucked up uh they kill him easily and then we get that five years Years. later and it's like we didn't get we didn't get no quick resolution um and yeah then we get to follow the story from there which which is basically a a time travel heist story yeah literally is that yeah isn't it mad thinking that like when that five years later comes up on the screen we have been following every film and they've all been chronologically, you know, coming out and hinting at each other and stuff. And then you get this five years later, come up and you're all sitting there thinking, what? So like when we watch films now, they're going to be five years after. So what the, are they just sitting up a whole new universe? Like what the fuck is going on? It was a big thing to do a five year jump and stick to it. Cause even though they dealt with time travel, they didn't go back that five years. They just carried on. Yeah. So that five years was actually a full-on commitment that they now have to remember. The blip and everything coming into Spider-Man to talk about it. It was a full-on event and it didn't get changed. It happened and they all had to deal with it in their own way. It's really, really cool. I, that's, this is another reason why I love Endgame and I think it's untouchable. Time travel usually is a shit trope, but yeah, they just done it in such a cool way. They was like, I've never seen a film like that. And they even ripped all the other films that have done time travel, they actually took the piss. Yeah, that's not how it works, mate. Come on, don't be an idiot. <laughs> just a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I they recreated sites. I think that's why there was a little bit more of a slightly, not biased, but like a bit more friction with Endgame versus Infinity War. Because like I said, Infinity War, I watched it three or four times in the cinema with different types of people. Endgame, even though people went and watched it, it was a pure narratively it was fine, but it was a fanboy experience. You this is for the people that you were there from day one and you're there at day 10. And now you're gonna it's all it's all gonna pay off. There's gonna be homages and Easter eggs and touching ons and even cap going into the elevator and having that moment. Mm. Uh, them going back in time was a trope. And narratively, I get that it's a weaker thing to do, but it's like no, it justified itself because. This is the only way we could touch base on all of these events that happened that go back in time and recreate them a little bit. Yeah. What else are you going to do? What, flashbacks? No, I don't want to see Yeah, that, that would have been dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah, agree. Really well, I feel like with the way that they had done everything in Infinity War, the, the only option they had left was to do a time travel story. Otherwise, there is nothing else they could have done that was literally the only other option you could see that film taking otherwise yeah unless they got the glove but you destroyed the glove straight away so yeah Yeah, Yeah, i think now where we are now they would have probably said oh and i know they touch on it now it was like not time travel but we if we would have known they would have probably seen like let's just go to alternative universe and just set up shop there where none of this happened or we can pre-warn them Mm. does that make sense i'm not saying that I, i would not have wanted that but that's now an option they have because of Loki and the show and, and kind of understand there's variants and whatnot. But it didn't it didn't break it for me. Uh, if I really think about it hard as a narrative movie guy, I'm like, all right, cool, yeah, easy cop out. But as a Marvel fan, I'm like, by all means, you've earned this, take it. Mm. 
another thing Endgame did really well was just rounding off um yes. Tony and Steve's sort of character arcs. Oh, yes, I loved it. yes, I did. How managed to bake that into that really well. He got that dance, Fraser. He got that dance. Don't <laughs> you? Take and another thing away. that only time travel could bring. This is the thing. As much as time travel is is one of the things, it actually ties the whole story together. It it the whole of Endgame is literally a time travel story that just fucking works, and and that in itself defies the trope, and it just makes it an even more amazing film. I I love that film so much, guys. I have watched. <laughs> I went to see the. I went to see it three or four times at the cinema. And since it's come out, like, to stream and stuff, it's just a film that I can chuck on, and I will watch the whole fucking thing, and I cannot turn it off. It can't be a film I go to sleep to. It's, it's top tier. And, and count the moments. Like, please, listeners, if, you are, if you're fans of Marvel and you're going to watch them anyway, when you watch Infinity War next, count the moments. When you watch Endgame, count the moments, and you will see it's, it's quadruple. It's so incredibly funny, action-based. Like, you want to compare the fight in Wakanda to the final fight where he says Avengers Assemble. Mm-hmm. Come on. With Come on. It's, on your left. It's, on your left it's unbeatable. On your left. Yeah. On, on your, your left. left. Yeah. Look of relief on his face. of like, oh my God. Like, yeah, you literally get Iron Man, Thor, and Cap all taken on Thanos in that one shot, which is fucking dope. Like, he's just taking them all out, and then yeah, you get Cap catching the hammer. You, and you, you know, know what? 11 years worth of stories and characters all come together in this one fucking scene on this one battlefield, and everyone just goes for it. And it is, it is amazing to see. Like, but even like the little links that everyone has, the little interactions they have in between fighting and shit. It, yeah, it is. It is a really, really nice way that they tied them. This not was. In this was the hero's film. I think what I enjoyed the fact that they killed the original Thanos so quickly. And obviously it showed that it didn't change anything. They felt powerless, so they moved on and so on and so forth. But I think it was good that I liked that they brought a, a younger Thanos because he was mm-hmm. more of like, it was more justified to make him the typical villain, more naive, he doesn't know everything yet. Whereas if they would have taken that deep, more mature, suave Thanos and then made him the typical villain, I'd be like, oh man, you've, you've kind of desaturated it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, no, this is still Thanos. It's still the face, but this is a Thanos that doesn't know. He is more of the villain. Hungry Thanos. Yeah. yeah. He's got yeah, all under- his motivation there still. And just yeah. Yeah. Infinity Gauntlet there for him. Especially yeah. after he learns that he's already seen it in the future that he has the fucking gauntlet. It just spurs That's it. Him yeah. That drives it home. Yeah, he yeah. sees it through Thingy, doesn't he? Um, yeah. yeah, Nebula. That would be I, I love that scene before everybody comes back. Because Cap was there, standing ready, he would have fought the army himself. He just he wouldn't have given up. Yeah, and then he does he does get saved at the last minute. But I do I do wish because I know they did a lot of takes of the Avengers Assemble line, but I do wish that he shouted it. I feel like it would have driven home the moment a bit more. What do you yeah, What do you guys think? Assemble a bit, was like, oh, yeah. I think then, it was yeah. personal to Cap. Yeah, not shouting at it because it was like hope it was almost like he was like this is doable rather than a let's go <laughs> you yeah know? but as you said before everything that comes out of his mouth has to be perfect so the fact they had to film that so many times to get the perfect cap i think they did make the right choice but i, I don't know I, I, i'd like to see him doing it as as the, the other ones the other takes 
definitely. I think, yeah, I think I take on charge. It was a personal journey. It wasn't the fact that he was saying it so other people could hear him. He was like, he could say it so he could hear himself say it. He's like, these people are back. I had, I can say this. I can feel that sense of security and like conviction, but it's mine. I got to hear mm. myself do it. And it's like, yeah, man. Yeah. It's like it's it's like Tony basically basically kind of snapping and going, I am I am that you're like, you don't need that. He's just he's telling it it's, it's, it's personal for us, the audience, Thanos, and mostly himself. And you're like, mm-hmm. bro, do you agree? Yeah, I hear that. So let's get into let's get into this this downfall. What do you guys think caused the essential downfall of what you would call after Endgame? What would you say was like the main thing that really turned you away? Do you know what? I don't think it was a moment or a movie. I think we all left the cinema after that point, and it's as Charlie said, that was our Lord of the Rings. The rest is the Hobbit. Not to say there's a lack of quality, and not that I didn't want it to carry on, but we all, I felt collectively as as, as a society, kind of went, can we take a small break? Can we take just a small break? I feel like the it wasn't a film or a moment that went, really? This is terrible. It was like, Okay, now I feel oversaturated. If we would have taken six months to a year of a break, I would have been more inclined. But it's not that it's not even that it carried on, it increased in pace. It was a Marvel film every three to six months that I didn't need or want or ask for. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I think I don't think it was a moment of a film. I know people say, Oh, the Eternals or shit, or the, or the, the Black Widow film came late. All right, fine, but for me, I just needed a breather and I didn't get it. Yeah, I think yeah. it was a, a culmination of things, yeah. Um, things like the the Black Widow film, you know, like coming out afterwards and there was controversy around that. Um, mm-hmm. The amount of uh, uh, like TV streaming series that were coming out, you know, some of yeah. them are good. You know, it's, it's, it's the same with all series, you know, some of them are going to hit and some of them are going to miss and some episodes are going to hit and some episodes are going to miss. Um, and there was COVID uh, that impacted the whole, like all production, basically. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think that messed up a couple of plans uh, that Feige probably had. Um, and yeah, I think uh, for some of it, the quality wasn't there. It was more quantity. Um, you know, yeah. they've got ideas. They've got different directors coming in, um, and they they. They try to keep up with the Marvel machine, as they call it. Um, and yeah. yeah, we're kind of in that. We're, we're in a bit of a lull at the moment. I think can't really, if if I had to pick a film, a favourite film coming out after Endgame, uh, apart from Spider-Man Far From Home, I think that's, mm-hmm. uh, or No Way Home even. Yeah. yeah I think that's kind of a, I think that's going to be all of our choice, to be honest. Um, yeah. it's it's a it's a really difficult pick. I you know what mm. I feel like yeah. if every film. Sorry for the phrase, uh, Rick. I feel like if every film was an individual printout, I feel like after Endgame it became photocopy. It felt that that's the pace, that's the taste, and that's the quality that I felt like it was there. Because as Fraser said, I I have not watched every film afterwards. Um, like. I liked Multiverse of Madness. I thought they could have done more, but I enjoyed it. I get it. it was COVID. No Way Home, amazing. Loved it. 
Wakanda Forever, I haven't watched it, so I can't say anything, but I've heard the uh, New Guardians, haven't watched it. Again, her, apparently hearing is one of the best they've done so far. But for me, the biggest disappointment, like the rest was okay. I, I can give a miss, but Love and Thunder, for me, just, I was like, no. Nah. Mm-hmm. No. Nah. Mm-hmm. Did not enjoy that at all. I watched that at home on a laptop, split into like two, three days, and I didn't feel the need to watch it all the way through. Like, yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of, no, no, I'm not sure. I kind of agree with both of you. Like, um, I feel like if they had ended on Endgame and then had given it like, like a year or two break and just take some time to figure out what they're going to do next, how they're going to do it, and just given that a break, then it might have eased things a bit and created a bit more hype for be like, oh my god, Marvel's back and what they're doing next and all that kind of thing. But you know, like that's not the way the world is. Um, if it makes money, they're going to fucking milk it, which is exactly what they're doing. They've got, like, however many different TV series now. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying. Like, Marvel have hit a point now where they've just got so much money, they can afford to make entire series and movies and shows and everything based off of just for the sake of backstory and building things into it. And it very much becomes quantity over quality. And ever Mm -hmm. since Endgame, it feels like they've lost that grit to them. Like Marvel in the MCU days in that 10, 11 years, there was like some really dark, deep moments that hit in movies or, but you don't really get that now. It feels like most of the films since then, I've not seen all of them. I've seen the new Ant-Man quantum mania, which is, it feels really kiddie. Like there's a lot of kid jokes. It feels very accessible for everyone. So, you know, you can't, do too much of this where you can't do too much of that and if the storylines become extremely predictable you kind of get where it's going what's going to happen next and it's it just follows this basic kind of formula did that scene um, really throw you off that mode of the dick scene yeah what the fuck was that about like like yeah that whole modog thing was just weird like Mm -hmm. I don't. I, I remember Modok being like a character in like the, the X Men shows back in the day, and I don't remember Modok being anything like what he was in Ant Man. Yeah. He was just like redesign. Yeah, he was like some like this weird fucking dude who was just hell bent on killing everyone. It was really weird. But, um, yeah, no, I, I feel like it definitely lost some of the the darkness to it. That kind of kept it different. Now it's, it feels too too PG for everyone to be like, yeah, it's like a pick up and watch kind of movie. Everyone can watch it. Let's get more views, get more money, get more stream views or whatever it is that they're doing. It feels kind of like that's where they're at at the moment. I feel like it's kind of killed the whole, the whole vibe for me. Mm. That's me. Well, I don't think you're alone, mate, because the lowest grossing MCU movie to date is Quantumania. No way. So by the time we've got to that point, and I mean, look, man, I already told you how much I love Endgame. We all know how much we love Marvel. I haven't even seen Quantum Mania yet. And I'm not actually that fussed. Like, I've not seen... I'll be honest, I got 10 minutes or 15 minutes into Wakanda Forever and I cried so much, I've stopped it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I, I, think, I think Wakanda Forever. But again, this is, this is what I was going to kind of say, is the, the films where the hit characters... And not that Ant-Man isn't a hit character, but, uh, you know, this was trying to do too much and stuff. And you can tell from the trailer that it's trying to do too much. Same as uh, 
Multiverse of Madness, for me, that was another one that just shit all over everything that you wanted as a fan. You know, the Illuminati coming in was like, oh my God, yes, 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 yes. Ah, they've killed him. Oh, well, that's mm. fucking stupid. Why did they do that? Why Why would, you know, and yeah, I think everyone is kind of agreeing with you, Rick, because it seems that no one's really turning up to the cinema anymore to watch these films. I think Disney Plus had a big quick fire quick die um kind of progression it brought in these new shows and i think everyone was pumped for wandavision and loki and you know they had all these big names coming out and everyone was super pumped uh, the uh, falcon and winter soldier all these wicked things and then i think they pretty much all did the same thing about four episodes were incredible and then it was just shit and it and all of them did the same i mean Loki is still cool, and you know I'm definitely going to try out season two, but I'm holding on by a thread, um, and I'm sure you guys are in a similar kind of situation where you're going to see these films because you love the superhero world, mm-hmm. you know, the same way you'll probably go and see a DC film, but that's it. It's no longer that MCU feeling it's, where you it's go to now because it's it's a time investment, right? And back in the day, it's like a no-brainer. It's like, look, when are we going to go see it? oh, we can't go see it together. That's cool. Like, we're going to go see it anyway and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about it. But now it's like, oh, have you seen this yet? It's like, oh, no, not really, not really into it. Um, And it's just about whether you really want to invest your time watching this series that's not going to pay off because the last one you watched didn't really pay off or this film that's come out that's already getting review bombed. Um, Yeah, I think... Anything too popular needs a decline. I think it's natural. And there's always going to be more love somebody gets, more hate is this going to get. And, you know, whatever your person, I know we're talking about our personal opinions, so this is not going to reflect everyone. Some people may have been more getting to an age where they can understand and access these movies after Endgame. Their age and their generations kicked in at that time or their appreciation, and they might have enjoyed things differently than us. But I think, like, even especially Disney+, Plus, I think was a, a, a big, it was like a double-ended sword in the sense of, it made things more accessible. And I did enjoy, uh, for a very brief moment, the little hype of, I'd say, WandaVision and Loki. Like, everyone talking week to week. What does it mean? But on the other side, I kind of saw it and I was like, so what does this mean? Is, I, do I have to watch every show now to be a part of it? I can't just do it in the cinema. All right, cool. Maybe, maybe not. I'll see how I feel. But nine out of ten, things happen in the show and it reflects. If you didn't watch WandaVision, Multiverse of Madness would have been you wouldn't have understood it as much or be half as impactful. And I know people that didn't watch WandaVision. And then on top of that, I think it's taken the, I know they're still getting their numbers and their money, but it takes away that sensation of it being a, an event. You've got to go to the cinema. Whereas now it comes out and I'm like, uh, I'll wait till Disney Plus. And it takes yeah. away that hype as it should be, because it's like, we have bank holidays in the UK. If we have a bank holiday every other Monday, guess what? It just becomes a Monday. It's no yeah. longer worthy of calling it a bank. So it's same with Marvel. It's like, is it the Marvel movie of that moment to watch that we need to know? Or is it just another Marvel thing? Sort of how in my seat is like a little bit of how Star Wars are gone and DC is churning it. And I don't feel, when I watch the old school films of Marvel pre Endgame, I feel sort of the director's involvement and the actor's touch, and you feel these little passion projects almost. Whereas Mm -hmm. now I feel like this is just studio. I'm just seeing the big logo, it's the broad picture, 
and it's got the stamp. It's the logo without any of the quality of the fashion or, or the cloth, if you will. Money mm. grabs, isn't it? But I think it's, I don't want to call it natural, but it's expected or it's not surprising at the very least. Oh, this like made money. stage, right? The expected. That's what mm. I mean. It's gone from the world to the universe now. And now I know there's been some controversy of, you know, the actor that plays, what's the newest big bad villain? Kang. Controversy and all that, and I don't know anything about it. All I know is he may be having to pull out of Marvel, and I'm like, well, where do they go from this? Where that mm. some people are saying that maybe Marvel might use this excuse to minimize their stories again, but yeah, man, it's I, I will jump in and out, but more, more than most likely, I will be like, eh, I can watch it. Yeah, like for me, like, like No Way Home was the first film back after COVID, and it was the first film I went and watched twice in the cinema, maybe three times, and I loved it. Multiverse mm-hmm. of Madness, I watched that in the cinema, and that's the last thing I watched in the cinema of Marvel. Yeah, the I rest think same. All at home. Mm. I watched. Um, I actually watched Guardians of the Galaxy the other day. I took my mum. Oh, to- I haven't I've seen it. It's really good. But I've heard it's I've good. Yeah, things. my my mum likes Guardians of the Galaxy, so I took her to watch it. Nice. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it's a really good film. It is um, good. It's some some scenes are a bit heavy. Like you wonder how that made it into like a twelve A film, but uh, yeah, it's a it's, it's worth a watch. It's really good. Worth going to the cinema to watch or wait for on Disney kind of watch. Yeah, go to the cinema to watch that. Uh. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. That's good to hear. Okay, yeah, that is, that's actually reassuring to hear that Guardians are still holding up. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people saying, because it's one of the best in a while of Marvel, of what it represents for James Gunn, it, they've kind of seen the contradiction of, he's now gone to DC and heading that up. So they're like, people are, it's sort of like they're fueling their own competition of, James Gunn's a really good director. Well, he's doing DC stuff now. Maybe I should watch their stuff. And I will still watch both. I don't give it. I think they, mm-hmm. Marvel needs competition like any good thing. But yeah, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, it's true. But I think, I think under James Gunn, it will. I think there will be I think PS needs Xbox. Marvel needs DC. Even if it's not matching, they need each other to create Thanks. revenue. Yeah. yeah, I somewhat agree. I'm, but I mostly disagree. I think DC is just not <laughs> in the ballpark. I think they're playing two very different games. And I think by the time DC get it, it's way too late. We've already had Endgame. We've already we've already got to the point where we've ruined it. We don't need it. We don't need it now. And DC is going to finally figure it out. And we're going to be like, yeah, it's a good film. It reminded me of Avengers. <laughs> In hindsight, maybe Marvel's decline is their weird time to shine now because people still want this maybe. superhero flex. I mean, you can, can hope, right? You can hope that with if Ant Man being one of the, the the newest movies has been the lowest grossing movie in the box office since. That should be a red flag for Marvel, right? And producers in the studios to be like, maybe we should rethink some shit. Maybe this decline is a good thing. It, it could be like, you know, maybe we should take maybe we should take a step back. I mm. I doubt that will be the case because if it makes money, they're gonna fucking do it. And um yeah, but it could they, it could be the the, the, the silver lining. They've played on it, man. Even in in She Hulk, when he when they, they when she goes to see um, I haven't seen She Hulk. Oh. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. Like there's a moment where they literally kind of represent 
Disney or Marvel in a machine-like form. And it's like, it's kind of putting the nail on the head of like, it's being churned. It's, it's, it's the formula yeah. there. It's, it's, I mean, it's literally Feige with, wow. as a robot. Kevin Feige is yeah, a robot because yeah, she yeah, breaks so, the fourth wall like Deadpool. So she breaks through and goes into the studio and complains about the writing. It was, it's cool. It, it's... Deadpool. Mm. I really like it. But anyway, yeah, that's what I have. Moon Knight was also one to mention, by the way, because Moon Knight was a oh. really good standalone show. I am very, looking, very much looking forward to that. It's good. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, it's, 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 this is, this good. is the thing that there's so much of it. It's like, what is good and what is not? Like, what do I watch? What do I spend time watching catching up on this or catching up on that? It's like, what's worth maybe it? That's, maybe that's how it's working. Maybe if they know people have their clicks of Marvel. One of us mm. has watched this. One of us has watched that. And if we say you will like this or you won't like this, I'm, I'm going to take your word for it more now than just it's out there. I need to consume it sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I mean, that was the rise and fall of, of Marvel, I guess. Um, I mean, it's not all bad news. I do think that there's a small horizon that, as Rick said, if they do start going, all right, we're losing. We're losing here. We're, we're putting films out that we're putting so much money into and we're not hitting that billion mark anymore. Why? Maybe they will reevaluate and kind of do something. I think Secret Wars on the horizon, I think is probably like... Everything's planned out for like the next three years. You know, yeah. Tom has decided on a couple of things already. And I wonder if those changes would have time to take effect yet. Scripts are really well, missing. Actors are really yeah. fast. I mean, we've seen mutants. You know, we've got X-Men there. We've got Fantastic Four there. Still well, not really just, seeing any of it. Just like, not as a gimmick. On the, on the future... Uh, I know that obviously Volume Guardians three has come out. The Marvels have been advertised already. So the the next big thing, May third, twenty twenty four. Obviously, is subject to change. Captain America: New World Order, which I would still be down for watching. Uh, Thunderbolts, Blade, Deadpool three, which with Wolverine, I'm down. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's his first proper introduction to the Marvel universe. I want to see that. Fantastic Four, and then Avengers: Kang, and then Avengers: uh, Secret Wars. But they do have a pretty interesting lineup, in my opinion. I, I am quite intrigued by these films. Mm. On paper, it, it sounds great, right? On paper, it sounds amazing. Like, oh my god, they've got all these big films lined up. But then it just goes back to the same thing. Like, are they, is, are they, is it going to be more quantity over quality? Are they just is this like another Marvel flex where they've got the money to do it, so they're going to do it, or is it are they actually going to like do it properly the way that? we know it to be or uh, have they reached a point now where marvel are like fuck the general like our generation who grew up on this shit now we're catering more to the younger generation who are, are going to grow up with these movies and they will have the attachments to these characters that we had for original mcu characters you know what i mean maybe mm. they could take it in that direction so oh that's i think they are trying to get the the young audience to do the same journey that we've already had and I it's get, you know, that is a that is where it's going to make its money if it can keep everyone. But yeah, it's the caliber. It's just not. It need they need to hit them their moments. You know, like as you guys were saying with um, Favreau in Iron Man one and two, and like the difference it made having Favreau on board. You need more Favros. You need more Russo brothers. You know, you need more Feige's. And I think they've they're all getting to the point now where they're like so high up the ladder. It's like no, I don't make the moves anymore. I just oversee them. It's not enough. You've got to get your hands dirty because you're the guys who know how to do it well. 
um, and they need to get more people like that on board. But hey, here's hoping that they 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 bring it back because I would love to see Marvel hit that cap catches the hammer moment again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, we should probably end it there because this is by far the longest podcast we've had so far. <laughs> in all fairness, we've podcasted in, in the past before within ourselves, never really um, posted it up. And we've done repetitive Marvel stuff for each movie as it's come out. And mm-hmm. we can look back into our recordings, but this was always going to be one of our longest ones. It was this is like a summary of those. <laughs> yeah. 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 Brief, this is a brief summary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But... It's been a pleasure, as always, guys, um, having a good old chat about Marvel. And thank you for listening. Uh, I've been your host, Charlie. Rick. Razor. And Sirhan. Oh, yeah. And we are Red Jackson. Thank you. Catch you next time. Peace. Bye. <laughs> nice.